The Fontenelle Final Bell Podcast is presented by Fontenelle Hybrids. The solutions you need, the relationships you trust. Sure. Good afternoon. Welcome to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. Eric Kruger is joining us today with Smart Yield based out of Kearney, Nebraska. We look at the markets. A lot of different factors being dipped in. We'll start out with the grains where we saw some higher corn, or excuse me, lower corn, lower beans, higher wheat. And looking at this market, outside market influences, no surprise, Eric, are coming from China and the U.S. government. Yeah, you know, with with the lack of news out of, out of our government, with the uh, partial shutdown, any any news between seems those two countries and, and the battle we have there um, really sways this market. And we saw that today later in the session. We saw beans break hard, corn break hard, only to come back off of uh, kind of an announcement of a meeting cancellation that I think the market digested and realized it probably wasn't as big of a deal. Uh, the meeting at the end of the month is a big deal. Um, and right now it just it just shows the volatility. You know, we started out, this is obviously post-holiday, first trading day of the week after the overnight trade, which saw pretty much the same type of picture. Early talks where corn was kind of range-bound as they looked to start the week. Yeah, yeah, we traded back off, off that news to support and kind of held that there. And If you really look and look at it on a chart really across the board, uh, it doesn't matter much, which months you're looking at, you're really seeing this consolidate again and, you know, higher lows, um, holding the highs. So we're really kind of moving sideways again and in more of a wedge pattern. And um, there's a lot of positives out there. I think, you know, there was news last week that we could see China come in and purchase, you know, two to five million tons of corn if we kind of see an agreement. Um uh, their production, of course, is, is uh, I'm sure if you've been following, is is going to be less this year. It looks like that even with a good crop. So there's going to be a need out of China if we can find a resolution. I think that could really push the corn market as well as all the unknowns that we, we're going to be coming into here with our own growing season. Ethanol margins have seen some struggles as of late, too. And I, I know I'd done some reading earlier that was talking about China, and they were all kind of intertwining just like we've seen in the rest of the grain complex. Yeah, you know, and if you look back, um, if you remember, you know, last summer we had the big news that China was going to really bump up their ethanol usage, and then all of a sudden we have these tariffs, and it's it's, it's been one of those things where uh, with crude coming down and ethanol margins being so tight, um, it's, it's going to be a continued struggle until we get more clarity um, out of this market. Is there the chance, is there still talk out there about layoffs and shutdowns of these ethanol facilities because the profit margins aren't there? Uh, I, I think you're seeing that a little bit. I know locally we've seen a little bit of it, and yet you know you never get a true answer of of what it is. But I think we've seen a couple across the country shut down, and I think it's due to margins. And you know they're not gonna they're not gonna operate uh, you know very long at negative margins. So hopefully we can, like I said, we can continue to see demand maybe boost back up and maybe find a little more strength um, to help build those margins up again. We just need summer months back here again. <laughs> We do. This cold weather's tough. <laughs> you look at this, I know the winter weather likely to slow the corn movement as well. Is that, when it comes to the cash price, going to keep some flatness going on because nobody's out there moving grain? Yeah, and I think when we see the top sides of these ranges, you get March corn up into this 382, 385, you know, if we could poke it a little higher, I think there's a lot of grain that's going to move and has been moving when we see those levels, especially in that 385 area. So um, as that happens, I think there's grain that starts moving. Um, guys as needed, of course, for a little cash flow, I think, it's, it's depending what kind of position they're in. But um, there's a lot of corn left still to come to town, and I think on rallies they need to be re- rewarding that. 
weekly inspections report uh, come in pretty good for corn, even with a partial government shutdown. There is a little bit of information coming in. They said, what, 1.08 million metric tons for corn. Yeah, it, it's really good numbers. And really, we've seen that with corn. Um, export inspections have been really great. And I think that, that builds that case that when we finally get the government back going, which will happen at some point, um, I don't know if that's sooner or later, but um, when that does happen, there's going to be a lot of numbers to digest. And I think one of the things that we look forward to is we've had really good inspections for quite some time now. We were ahead of pace anyways with exports. Um, we might see, you know, a, a good reason to see some more strength in corn if those, you know, if there's follow through there and the numbers come in like we think they could. And for soybeans coming in at 1.1 million metric tons, still considered good even with the shutoff to China. Yeah, that was a really good number. And, you know, there's there's some positives there in soybeans too. Of course, long term, the supply, you know, that supply setup's pretty bearish. But, you know, up front, we've seen really good support here and and really across the board in beans and if you look everything's got a nine handle on it so we're still we're you know we're not selling off hard today was really a, a strong bump down push below nine bucks and then right back up and i think like we said that was on a little bit of news but um brazil is going to stay hot and dry into the end of the month that's a positive thing their harvest uh is looking around six percent maybe a little more so i think things are a little slow um if, if we can continue to see demand come in strong like we're seeing, I think there's a case there that we could see at least a little more of a push here in beans in the short term. You know, we've been so used to this time of year anyways, having the pressure coming out of South America, but this year it seems to be heavily weighted, not only with the partial government shutdown going on, but just no movement when it comes to any sort of direction with China. There isn't, and, you know, so we've got to look towards the news we we can find, and I think all eyes on South America and China, and, you know, when we have last week, of course, there was an announcement that there could be a report of China offering to increase, um, you know, their imports by a a trillion dollars over the next six years, and that was, you know, looked at as as positive last week, and then you turn around, and as we see no trade talks, all of a sudden it's negative news, so... Um, we need to keep an eye on it because at some point they do come back into the market and where South America, Brazil's crops at, at that point is really going to, you know, set up what we see for our bean market. We do see a lot of those buy the rumor, sell the fact type of situations going on with China. We do, we do. And it's just a give and a take back and forth. And if you look at charts on whether it's beans or corn, we really haven't gone anywhere. We've kind of been in a range and it seems like good news takes us to the top and and maybe a little more construed negative news takes us right back to the bottom of that range. So, you know, I, I think we'll stay in that until we do, you know, maybe find some, some better numbers or at least to the end of the month when we kind of get a little closer to, to uh, this meeting. Well, stick around, folks. We do have more coming up here on the Fontenelle Final Bell as Eric Kruger joins us with Smart Yield. We'll take a look at the happenings on the livestock front, this cold weather, what it's meaning to the trade. Stick around. More is coming up. It's the Fontenelle Final Bell on the Rural Radio Network. Welcome back to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield as Eric Kruger joins us with Smart Yield out of Kearney, Nebraska. Before we left, we were talking a little bit on the grain side. I want to touch on wheat before we look at some um, government numbers. It is nice. Like you said, the wheat was the bright spot in today's market trade. It was. And I I think what we're seeing with wheat is, you know, there's more talk, of course, like corn that China could be buying and maybe did buy a cargo of wheat uh, from the Pacific Northwest last week. And it looks like they could purchase you know, uh, a nice nice chunk of our wheat if, if we do see some revision here and, and, and get some things sorted out with them. 
But uh, the big picture is over the next few weeks, weather's going to support. Um, it's going to be cold, um, not not only here, but up, you know in the upper Midwest. So I think that supported the wheat market as well as uh, Russian export news, whether they're going to kind of um, hold back on some exports because of their supply. And, and it looks like their prices continue to rise a little bit here, which only helps the U.S. market. You know, and Russia has said that they want to become the breadbasket once again for the European Union. Potential's there. Yeah, yeah, I think the potential's there, that's for sure. What are we seeing um, government numbers? I mean, we talked during the commercial break about an influx. Once this partial government shutdown ends, there's a lot of numbers that have been just sitting on shelves that are ready to be distributed. Yeah, depending how long this lasts, there's there's going to be a lot of numbers and a lot of data to chew through, and it's not going to happen right away. You know, I think that what, what we'll come out with in the next report will be numbers that will be revised and probably revised again. So I think what it really does with, now on top of all the China, China volatility, the China-U.S. trade issues, then you throw in numbers that we have to catch up. Um, and I, I think, guys, we really just have to be cognizant of that and be, be ready for the volatility that's going to come off that. And if it's positive, be willing to take advantage of it and protect yourself in case it isn't. Jump over to the livestock side. Some sluggishness going on in this cattle market. It was a very, uh, very tough last few days in the cattle market. And I think, you know, we, we saw, you know, the cash fed cattle steady last week in the 124 area, uh, dressed 197 really across the board. And we saw the futures finally coming back down to cash here. Um, we saw February futures have really a weather driven, um, really kind of a bull run as good as we've seen in the last, in quite a few years here. So, um, some push up to the high 127 area and now all of a sudden back when we're back at 125 traded down below that today. And, uh, really seeing some weakness, and I think it's more of a correction from the overbought areas that we were in. Um, but you know, we'll, we'll see if we can hold this premium a little bit here. I think it's corrected enough. We might see a little bit of stabilization tomorrow. Do you see any pressure from this cold weather working into the trade? I, I think the thought was there, and I think that's the run we saw. I think you look at it now, and it looks like a lot of our larger feeding regions are going to be dry. Cold's okay. Uh, it's, it's the moisture that gets us, and I think we've missed that a little bit. I think a lot of the feeding regions in the U.S. are going to stay dry at least through this week and a little bit of cold weather um, keeps things from getting muddy. So I think right now the, the market's taking that premium back out. Feeder cattle, what are your thoughts on that? Some sharp losses as well moved into their trade today. We've had a tough tough move here in, in feeders. Um, I know you know if you, if you follow a lot of sales and sale barns and stuff, calves have been a little lighter. That was a product of a lot of grass this summer and then the rough weather we've had and that market's really come under pressure. Um, hopefully we can see that stabilize a little bit, but it's usually the time of year where we kind of kind of set back in these markets and I think we're seeing that. Are we looking for some sort of direction market-wise for the hogs? I, I think we are and I think you got to kind of keep the big picture in mind with hogs. Uh, had a good sell-off last week, found support and have come up off that cash, or sorry, the, the weather this week should help support cash. Um, but just, you know, some snowy, cold weather here across the east. And I think if you step back and look at the big picture, um, there's a pretty big chance the second half of the year that Chinese production could, could significantly drop off. And what that does is brings them as active buyers on the world market. And that should help hogs. It should help our values of hogs. And it should help demand. So hopefully we see that. I, I think the market's going to stabilize in here and, and at least, not, you know, find its legs. Okay, so we're in the middle of January as we continue to work through these winter months what's there some things that you guys are talking to your clients about some things that our listeners need to focus on 
as we get ready to move into the month of February? I think we, we move into February here and we're one month closer to uh, getting ready to start our production season. So I think guys really need to uh, be making good decisions, uh, really hammering out a plan. Uh, we, we preach that all the time. Make a plan, stick to that plan. Uh, we're not that far away from really good opportunities in these gray markets. Um, and as we've seen today, they can be wild swings and short-lived. So have a plan, stick to it, and, uh, and, and keep those goals in mind. Do we hold on to this grain or do we sell it as we, as we move into the month of February? I think if, if we see, you know, guys with old crop storage, if, if you need to move grain, I think anything in this 380-plus area on March corn, you really need to look to, to move it and then maybe put some upside on off of a break. But right now I think the market seems to be trading to that area and selling off, and I think with that March delivery coming up, you really need to be uh, aggressive about that and get it moved. And what's the best way for folks to get a hold of you, Eric? Um, they can call us at 308-234-6805, or you can go online to mysmartyield.com. That's a look at the Fontenelle final bell for you on this Tuesday afternoon. Thanks to Fontenelle and all the Fontenelle dealers for your support on the World Radio Network. You're listening to the Rural Radio Network.